Could the Aggies have three wide receivers be all SEC performers? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today, I'm going to make the case for why the Aggies are going to have three wide receivers be all SEC performers. So by that, I mean like when the end of the season stuff comes out and it's like this guy was all SEC, that's what I'm talking about. So Moose Muhammad, Anaya Smith, and Evan Stewart. So the first the reason this discussion came to my head was so I was trying to find like, you know, something to argue about Evan Stewart, how good he can be, stuff like that. Right. So I find a list um, from College Football Network and they um, do a lot of good work over there. I like reading their stuff. And it was their best receivers in the SEC. Right. So I, I get on there, I get to scrolling and I go. Evan Stewart at 10? Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? And, I, and like, I was ready to, like, punch a wall. You know, I would have. I would have. I was ready to punch a wall. And, and, I, and the reason I stopped is because I remembered I said, Andrew, this wide receiver room is one of the best in the country. If, you know, definitely you could argue the best in the SEC. That's how good this room is. So, you know, when I was going to argue something for Evan Stewart, everybody that listens every day, all you everydayers know how much I love Evan Stewart. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be a monster in the NFL someday. But, you know, I have to remember, this is a deep room full of talented players. So three guys I think could be all SEC performers. And I think actually it's kind of funny. I think they're holding each other back, and that's a legitimate statement. I think that – all three of these guys could put up like, you know, one could be first team and then a couple second team or two second team, one honorable mention. I wouldn't be in any way surprised if all – and, like, that's genuine. That Like, a lot of times, you know, like, make the case for why the Aggies win the national championship. You know, like, that stuff I do, it's – you know, my job is to make cases, make arguments and thought-provoke and talk about this stuff. But this is – this, to me, could become reality. Like, like this is not – bringing up a topic to have a conversation about this team, this could be a reality to me. Um, I, I truly believe that that's how good this wide receiver room is, that you could have three guys be all SEC performers. So Muhammad Smith and Evan Stewart. I um, And so on that list, this is what's so funny. This is what made me have this idea was I'm like Evan Stewart at 10, you know, and I'm punching stuff. And then I go, well, Nia Smith is five. Um, and, I, and Muhammad, I think he was like 14. So that's my point is like, you have three top 15 wide receivers in the SEC. That is elite. So it, it just it stands out to me that, that, that these guys, they're so skilled. Now, here's the thing though, and this is a big, this is a big asterisk around this conversation, is it's not just up to them. You know, you look at Evan Stewart's stats last year. Now, obviously, Anaya Smith uh, went down with injury. You look at Muhammad's stats last year, the offense was atrocious, putrid, horrific, yucky. I don't have another word for how bad it was. It was terrible. The offense was awful, and that 
it's hard to put up stats. Obviously, A Chain still had a good year rushing for over a thousand yards, but you know, it, it's hard when when you struggle to move the ball, it's hard to put up, you know, it, it's hard for receivers to put up big numbers. And I think the step forward the offensive line and Wegman at quarterback are, are going to take is going to lead to these guys putting up better numbers. So, you know, I'm trying to think like, I've been trying to think about like what a season to get you second team all SEC would look like. But I mean, like, I think if each of these guys had 700 plus yards, I think that's pretty safe. If you found a way to have all three of these guys have 700 plus yards, which is realistic. I mean, you know, that's 2,100 passing yards. That's not, you know, I mean, obviously tight ends, other people are going to get yards too, but that's not, if, if I told you every receiver of these three would have 700 yards, I don't think that's a crazy take. And, um, you know, I think my point is if, if 700 yards, if all three of these guys had 700 receiving yards and handful of touchdowns, I think these guys make an all SEC team. So, you know, like I said, normally when I make these takes, they're supposed to be thought provoking and this and that, but this is truly just, I mean, I hope it's still thought provoking, but this is truly just, I think this could become reality. Um, Evan Stewart skill wise is one of the best wide receivers in college football. And, you know, Anaya Smith, he just does so much. He does so much to help your team. He can run the ball if need be. He can get handoffs. He can get the screen plays, the, the bubble screen. He can he can do anything. He can do anything he's called upon. And then um, Muhammad's ability, I, I still – some of his catches last year against LSU were just like, wow, man. I mean, just wow. But this wide receiver room is elite, and I think that we're going to notice – like I think the step forward the rest of the offense is going to take around this wide receiver room is going to open eyes to us fans and everybody to realize, wow, like this room could have always been good. Quarterback play was a bit of a struggle. Of course, Stewart was a true freshman last year. So, you know, I don't think this room has reached its full potential yet, and I think it's going to this season under second-year Wegman and this offensive line, you know, being better as I project them to be. So I don't like – I don't think it's – and I don't think like we're going to talk about Noah Thomas and some other players who could potentially get some take some receptions away. And then of course you got your tight ends, you know, your Donovan Green, your Max Wright, um, that are going to be in the mix too, getting some receiving yards. But um, I think these three guys in Muhammad Smith and Stewart are going to be the guys. Now we've talked about Coach Petrino, the way he runs his offense. He likes to spread the ball around. He's not just going to force feed one guy, whether it's running backs, receivers, tight ends. He's going to spread the ball around and do lots of different things. So everybody's going to eat. I say that a lot when I talk about the running backs, but um, I really do. Everybody, I believe everybody is going to eat. And so I, I, that's why I think if everybody does eat, I think it could lead to this, those three guys being all SEC performers. Like I said, I really don't think that is in any way – a crazy take outlandish take i think it's legitimate and i'm sure people in the comment like i said you know what if it is if you think it's crazy tell me but I, tell me if you think it's crazy that texas a&m could have three uh, wide receivers as all sec performers but what i'm saying is i think when you hear that you're thinking like oh pro bowl or, or mlb all-star game this is like to be an all sec performer obviously you have to have a good season but like you don't have to put up these crazy monumental numbers in my, you know, you see it a lot. I mean, go look at the numbers from last year. You know, you're not going to have to put up 1500 receiving yards or, you know, a thousand, a thousand receiving yards to be an all SEC performer. So I really do think 
Moose Muhammad and Nia Smith and Evan Stewart, all three being all SEC performers at the wide receiver position too. I didn't really say that, but like, you know, Smith, it could be a returner, but I think all three of these guys have a realistic chance to be all SEC performers at the wide receiver position. And I think it's going to be going to lead to the Aggies putting up a ton of points this season and just taking a full 180 from the awful we, awfulness we saw last year with the offense. Coach Petrino is going to provide that, these receivers, the offensive line, and Connor Wegman's step forward. So this passing game is going to be fun to watch this season, and I can't wait to see how it all breaks down. But like I said, I do think it's a realistic possibility for all three of those players I just named to be all SEC performers. Let's break down the west, the rest of the wide receiver room. I think there's a few guys on here that could take some snaps, take some receptions away from the three guys we just talked about it. Who are those guys? Let's talk about it next on Locked On Aggies. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. So, you know, you all are going to be watching this. I I'm pre-recording a couple of these because I'm going to be out of town. But so you all are watching this on the 6th. So the MLB All-Star game is coming up. So you have the All-Star break there. Not a lot of baseball stuff's coming up. Um, so... It's like I say, future. I've been hammering talking about future bets. There's a lot of fun future bets. Uh, who's going to be the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, the MVP? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to be the teams in the Super Bowl? What color is the Gatorade going to be at the Super Bowl? There's all these fun uh, preseason futures bets you can make, and I enjoy them. The reason I enjoy them is because of this. When my fantasy team ends up not being good, which is very rare, I was back-to-back -back champion last year. Things didn't fall my way. Um, Deontay Johnson didn't catch a touchdown. That's all I have to say. And things didn't fall my way. So, I, you know, futures bets. That's that's how I got my enjoyment out of watching football with my fantasy team being bad. So futures bets, they're fun. Go give those a look. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com. Slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. So the rest of this room, you know, it's kind of funny. It's a room, the wide receiver room, I feel like you, you, you've almost got it broken down when you talk about Moose Muhammad and I Smith and Evan Stewart. Um, but there's some guys that are going to be in here getting stuff done. You've got um, Jordan Anthony, the transfer from Kentucky. Um, I'll tell you about Jordan Anthony. I, I think a lot of people are undervaluing what he can bring to this team. Now, purely to me, it's purely speed. I watched the tape, the high school tape. He does more things than just be fast, but he does. He has. He is arguably the fastest player in college football. I think that is something you need to utilize on your football team. I, I just it has to happen. And so, I mean, Anthony, like I said, he doesn't have to r run a post route or r uh, run a go route. I mean, a go route would probably be a good way to get him the football. But at the end of the day, throw him a little screen, give him an end around, do these different things to just create opportunities for Anthony. I think he is he's quick, he's skilled, and that speed, I mean, 
you know, and I get and I, and I get it because you know, I think and I, I say that people feel this way or think this way. This is how I think. So if, if you all don't, then that's okay. But the way I, you know, I think about a really fast player, it's like in your head, it's like, well, nobody can they're the fastest of the fast. Nobody can stop them. But then you remember, it's like, well, these SEC cornerbacks are, you know, pretty dang fast too. Jordan Anthony might have a step on them, but at the end of the day, you know, if you play smart defense, you can kind of bottle somebody like that up. But I just, there is a way to use his ability on the football field. I'm not saying it's as a possession receiver, anything like that. I'm saying it's strictly a downfield threat or someone that you just create um, opportunities for get the football in Anthony's hands and let him go. He reminds me of a player, um, one of the more recent speedsters like this. And it's kind of funny because they never, never, never pan out in the NFL. So a recent one um, is a kid is a kid who went to Auburn. What was that dude's name? Anthony Schwartz. That was his name. Um, he, I mean, he was lightning in a bottle. You got him the ball and he was gone. He's I, and he's actually he got drafted to the Browns, I think, in his NFL career never really panned into anything anything much but i mean his college football i mean he just he scored a lot he ran the ball a lot he got into the end zone he was just faster than everybody and i think jordan anthony could do similar things just because of how fast he is so you know it, people who don't remember him go watch the tape the role i'm talking about jordan anthony having is a similar role to that schwartz kid that that played at auburn I don't even remember when, but back in the day. So Anthony Schwartz, go watch that tape, and you'll see what I'm talking about in in relation to Jordan Anthony. I think um, he 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 can be used in a similar in a similar way. But it is funny how players like that don't seem to pan out much in the NFL. It's like that John Ross. Um, I think he went to Washington, and he you know at one point I don't know if he still holds the 40 yard dash record, but elite speed gets drafted by the Bengals and never does anything. He's hurt his whole career. Awful. So it seems like these speed demons, th there's a way to utilize them, but they're just not wide receivers. And I think that's what you have to look at Anthony as. He's a guy that can just move the ball upfield with his legs. He's not going to be a guy who you're going to throw a slant to on third and seven. He's going to be a guy that you throw a bubble screen to or give an end around to on first and 10 or third and 17, you know, let him do, work some magic. So Anthony's a guy I think is going to play a role for this Texas A&M wide receiver room. I don't think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be a, a couple snaps a game. I'm truly like if you told me he had 30 snaps on the season at the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised. The other guy is Noah Thomas. Now Noah Thomas is going to be out on the field. Big body wide receiver. I talk about every day how how much I love big tall wide receivers and that is exactly what Noah Thomas is. He brings size, he brings uh, the ability to win 50-50 balls. He brings a red zone target that is hard to match because of his how big he is. So Noah Thomas, you know, and he's another reason. You want to talk about pushback to my argument that the Aggies could have three all-SEC wide receiver performers? Noah Thomas could be the person who ruins that because I he, if if he has this kind of breakout that many expect him to have, he could take some snaps and some receptions and some yards away from Muhammad Smith and Evan Stewart. So Noah Thomas could throw a wrench in the plans I'm talking about. And if he does, I'm not upset about it because his upside is like, if here's the roof right here, here it is. And here's his upside. It's way above it. So, um, you know, his, his upside ceiling is through the roof. He's a guy who big, tall receiver can win a 50, 50 ball. You can throw him a, um, you can throw him a little, uh, what's that called? The, I'm blanking on it. They throw it to Mike Evans all the time. 
Oh, you all know I'm blanking on the name of the route right now. It's going to come to me in a minute, but I'm, but, um, is it the little, what, couple yard fade route? Um, yes, there you go. So I, I think they could use, uh, no Thomas in that way. And I think that would be a great way to use them. So uh, he's, he's going to, he's going to have some snaps. He's going to get the football. Uh, same with Anthony. Now I think Noah Thomas ends up playing a way more significant role than Jordan Anthony does. Um, but I just wanted to talk about Anthony because I do think they're I, I think it would be crazy to not use his ability somehow on the football field. And I think the coaching staff is going to do that. So, but then Noah Thomas, I think he's the guy that can be more of your actual, that's the guy you throw a slant to on third and seven. So Jordan, Anthony, uh, Noah Thomas, great players. There's a couple more young guys mixed in. We're going to talk about the future here in a minute, but um, I do feel that this wide receiver room is in a good spot for a long time. Um, it's thanks to some recent commits, thanks to some other, uh, you know, thanks to the youth of guys. I mean, you still, Stewart's going to be here for this season, next season. So, um, I think the future's bright for this wide receiver room, but yeah, the future's bright for this wide receiver room. And I think this season with the likes of Muhammad Smith, Stewart, Noah Thomas, I think this is going to be one of the best wide receiver rooms in college football, and they're going to prove that early and often in the 2023 football season. Let's talk about the future of this Texas A&M wide receiver room. I think it is bright as can be. The future is bright for this wide receiver room. You know, it's genuine. So, you got the two 2023 um, 2023 players that are going to be true freshmen this season, and Raymond Cottrell and Micah Tease. You know what their role is this season. I think that's part of the problem with having guys like Muhammad Smith, Noah Thomas, Evan Stewart. You know, you having these guys as young guys is going to be tough to get snaps. Um, so Tease and Cottrell, I don't know what their role is going to look like this year, if any. But it's they're gonna have one in the future, of course. Uh, both highly recruited guys, four star blue chip recruits, so they're going to have a role. The question is, uh, I'm sorry, they're going to have a role in the future. This year, I don't know. Injuries happen. Multiple things can happen that could lead to these guys having a role. But they're good players that I think sooner than later are going to have a role. So, um, you know, I'm high on them. And then you got. Two guys committed in the 2024 class. Now, remember, folks, I am – this is being recorded um, a couple days. So this is coming out Thursday. I'm recording this. Let me tell you what day it is. I'm recording this on the 29th. This is coming out on the 4th, 5th, 6th, whatever. So um, if we have a new wide receiver commit, that's why he, I'm not talking about him here. But as of right now in the 2024 class, you have two wide receivers committed in Dr Draylon Miller and DeBron Gatling. I actually just got done talking about Miller in my um, previous show that is going to be coming out on Friday of last week for you all watching right now. But uh, Miller, he's going to be something else. The tape on him, he he's quick. He's can't be tackled. He's like a little bowling ball. You can't bring him down. You can't wrap him up. If you do wrap him up, he's going to find a way to get away. So Miller, he's a good player. Gatling, I love his ability to win the 50-50 ball for not being a massive guy. You know, Gatling doesn't have the size of a Noah Thomas, um, players like that. Gatling's not a massive dude, but he does have um, he does have the ability to win the 50-50 ball, which is a little interesting to me. So 
I, I think all of these guys are going to have roles in the future. Now, I mean, like I said, Muhammad and, and Anaya Smith aren't going to be around forever. Um, Noah Thomas, I, I, I you know, I, he's a guy that I think could eventually get drafted at some point. Evan Stewart, we know that he's going to be here for 2023, 2024, and gone. So, but I think that's good because that gives time for guys like Cottrell and Tease to kind of develop. And then Miller and Gatling will come in and be freshmen bring in some transfers. Hopefully Noah Thomas has turned into something amazing at this point in time. So um, the future of the wide receiver room is bright. That's that that's a real genuine feeling about this team. I, I think that the future is bright. I think that they're going to potentially land a guy or two more in this 2024 class, keep bringing them in. Um, but I mean, you, you can't have enough skill players, offensive weapons, offensive skill players to stick around. And then Jordan Anthony he, that we talked about, he's young as well. He he'll be sticking around for a while. So this wide receiver room is currently for the upcoming season. You have some young talent in true freshmen right now. You have some 2024 guys committed that are going to be good players when they get to campus. You have some older guys in Muhammad and Smith that aren't, we don't know how much longer they're going to be around. You got younger guys in Thomas and Smith, I mean, Thomas and Stewart. So you've got a, a great balance of young and old commits. You've got everything you need right now in the wide receiver room. So it's a position that I'm, I have, I have no no concerns to share for the wide receiver room at all. I think the coaching staff's done a good job recruiting it, and I think that we're going to see Texas A&M wide receivers play a big role for this team and potentially receive a lot of postseason accolades. So, yeah, like I say, this wide receiver room is in a good spot for a long time, and I can't wait to see what the true freshmen this season and Miller and Gatling do uh, when they're on campus and the true freshmen do this season. So, um uh, there's a lot to be excited about for the Texas A&M wide receiver room this season and the future. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. Um, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. I hope um, you bear with me. I apologize that I couldn't give you five episodes this week. It was just too crazy uh, getting everything in order to get out of town. So, like I said, you all that you all would have had an episode Monday. Wednesday, and then this one you're watching right now is, has come out on Thursday. So no episode tomorrow on Friday, and then I will be back on Monday, five episodes a week, your normal, regularly scheduled week of Locked on Aggies. Um, so one more interesting note I want to add, SEC Media Days is coming up in Nashville. I will be attending um, credentials. Well, I'll have credentials and stuff, so I'm going to get some good interviews, some great stuff for the show that is hopefully going to bring some awesome, fun content for you all. Hopefully we get some good interviews, some good insight, get the in, in around outer workings of SEC Media Days. I was there last year. Um, it was It's a really cool um, – it was, it was in Atlanta last year. This year it's in Nashville, which is awesome. I love Nashville. Goodness gracious, I love Nashville. But um, there should be some great content there, and I'm excited to bring that to you all. But like I say, that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Aggies. Have a great weekend. I hope you had an amazing 4th of July, and I cannot wait to be back to you all regularly scheduled and normal on Monday. Have a great weekend, and like I said, I'll see you on Monday.